right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Lang Up podcast. Not emergency podcast edition. This is just a can't wait. This can't wait until Sunday as the, the tides of professional golf are changing right before our eyes. Solly here calling in um, from where are, where are you guys? Where are you calling in from? TC is here. Hello, TC. We're in Milwaukee. This is a touch base podcast. We're just touching base. Okay. DJ Pie is sitting in a bathtub to record this, so there's not an echo. Hello, DJ Pie. Yeah, greetings. Uh, greetings. TC and I, you know, we really wanted to ford the Lake Michigan before our Grand Rapids event. We wanted to take that that long ferry. Uh, so we are in Milwaukee, and that's what we're going to do. Play, truly playing strains and automobiles. I got to say, uh, you guys aren't going to be able to see this, but Roback is very well represented on this podcast because we absolutely love their gear. First of all, their performance polos fit so much better than your typical boxy polos. They got a great four-way stretch. It's next level. The material, super soft, stays wrinkle-free. The founders went through over 20 iterations of the collar alone to ensure it keeps its shape but doesn't get in the way of your golf swing. Second, the Roback Performance Q-Zips, total game changer. I got two in my suitcase right here. They're soft. You'll be hitting darts in these things all day. They're versatile. You can wear them on the golf course or off perfect for a spring morning we are going to be in michigan playing an event this weekend and i can see i can foresee using a lot of the uh the performance q-zip and lastly the hoodies oh my god the hoodie is the stretchiest softest hoodie in golf they may be the, the softest and most comfortable performance hoodie on the entire market guys like a confession i wore this last night to dinner too but nobody else knows that but my wife but uh they're gaining traction everywhere next time you see somebody rocking the roback dog logo give them a little head nod you know they get it use code nlu on roback.com for generous 20 percent off your first order through the end of this week that's spelled r-h-o-b-a-c-k.com 20 percent off all polos q-zips hoodies and tees with code nlu uh, they just dropped some new hoodies and q-zips perfect for spring we're almost in summer actually now i should say so check them out now and start off 2022 right with some rowback oh i remember when you were you were playing that uh u.s open local qualifier and we, you know not a lot of conversation going on in the group until we broke the ice with like hey man how good are those rowback hoodies He's like, oh my God, dude, they're so good. He just went on for, you know, 20 minutes. That was with the youths, right? Exactly. That was with the, the youths youth love playing with. If you want to look like one of the teens, you got to get you gotta get involved. I was like a million over par, and you guys are talking about hoodies. I was so mad at all of you. I was mad at the world. I didn't want to do, I don't want to deal with anything right there. But today was the first day of the new era of professional golf. I think it's fair to say. I think we're, you know, nothing could, uh, the strongest endorsement I would say for the work we've done has been, I got tweets today that said, you guys are shills and getting paid by the tour and that we are shills for live and getting paid by them. So I think we are effectively doing our job. Well, that's how we can afford that ferry ride tomorrow. <laughs> we're getting paid from everybody. If anybody thinks we're shills for live, I don't think they've listened to the podcast at all. First day of the rest of the professional golf future, Mackenzie Hughes shot 66 today that's at the Canadian the, Open. That's the big takeaway. We're going to talk about the vibe at the rink today up at St. George's at the Canadian Open in RBC. What was uh, the most memorable shot from Mackenzie Hughes' round today? No. That's uh, a true. The, the more things change, the more they stay the same, man. Although yeah. I will say, how was the how was the thing that, that, that they suspended above the, the course? Guys, I got a confession to make. Didn't watch the RBC Canadian Open today. I don't know how that uh, how that worked out, but... 
I will say there are going to be some things that we are going to say on this podcast about the first live event that uh, may be borderline positive. Uh, I don't. I'm sure that Twitter will react very rationally to that and not at all try to uh, incorrectly point out inconsistencies and in things we're saying. But I gotta say. There were some things today that I was uh, somewhat impressed with, and I only thing I'm upset with myself is underestimating how much a huge fat stack of cash can buy you in terms of like production quality, value, and the amount of people that they had prepared to actually run this thing. They were more prepared for this than I thought they would be, and I, I'll that's that's on me. I will I will own that one, and I will say like honestly, I had very little issue with how the presentation of the golf went i think it certainly helps when there's no commercials that's what i was gonna say i, I think <laughs> what's what's really really tough about this and what you need to use i think as i shouldn't say need to you can you know if you love today then godspeed man have have fun with the future of professional golf but i, I think the thing that you kind of need to use as like a, a governor on all of these takes is a how much more fun is golf to watch when they're you're not constantly getting interrupted every 90 seconds Right. That's, that's, I think, something all golfers can agree upon. Like, oh, my gosh, when you show the golf shots, this is a pretty compelling thing. And B, like, huh, why were they not uh, interrupting? And why are there like no commercials? Oh, that's right. Because it's like sports watching for like a murderous regime. And like <laughs> there's no brands associated with it. So like, you know, don't don't sleep on that. That's not exactly. like like, oh, this is the future. This is the future of this thing. See, like they figured it out. Like, no, man, like they just figured it out because they have a blank check and they don't have it's not a real business model. It is just like, it's just lighting cash on fire, which again, if Elon Musk or someone else wanted to light cash on fire to create the world's best golf product, great. But like, I don't know that that's like sustainable as a, uh, you know, as a, as a project going forward, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. But yeah, I, I think every time you, you kind of feel that tinge of like, well, I'm like kind of enjoying this for me, it just kind of like took me back to like, Oh wait, why is, this, that's because this isn't like a real business model. That was a takeaway I had and something I had in my notes here. Of like, never forget why this is possible. Like, it, yeah. like maybe pro golf is broken to the point that like you can't uh, display it this way without it being funded by somebody who truly just doesn't care about money or do has the money or to, golf. Yeah. Or <laughs> golf. It has the money to burn and is, is, has a bigger play in mind with all of this. And again, if, if for somehow this is, the first you're tuning into this or you're just getting caught up on this situation or you end up on this podcast episode because uh, you want to learn more about this. The, the This funding is made for the purpose of what many people are calling sports washing, what we are calling sports washing, of making the actions and the business tendencies and, and whatnot of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia more normalized. And my question for you guys is, is it working? Do you see this working? This sport, their goal of this being sports watching, of, of everything being more normal with Saudi Arabia, is it working or is it going to work? Yeah, I, I, I think it's already working, right? And that's sure. the most depressing part about it. Let's talk about that in a sec, because I think talking about the, the nuts and bolts of the broadcast today is a good starting point. So Keith Hirschland, he's a longtime Golf Channel producer. I think one of the, like the OGs over there. Like they showed, like it was, you know, it was surprisingly good. Like you said, Sally, like, I mean, the golf, like it's tough to, cause there's no context, right? Like the golf doesn't mean anything. They're, they're, they're saying, Oh, like, here's the, so basically they did, they did the, the intro and Jerry Fultz, who, you know, I like a lot, was just breathless, you know, him and Arlo and 
just very breathless, you know, intro of how excited, you know, the level of excitement. DJ saying he's never been this excited for a non-major before. Since he played in a major, which was just his last start. That that, that is as worth pointing out. I if I may double down on that, TC, I think Jerry Fultz was straight up embarrassing. Like I tr- No, totally. Well, that, that was yeah. that was where I was gonna get. Like it was, it was, it was to the point of like, holy shit, man. Like you're you're like this is this is really really like reprehensible i tried to stomach that like he was you know he's he's paid his dues he's you know done this traveled all around the world on the lpga tour and probably for not much money you know relatively speaking and uh you know was just going to call the golf was going to be there to be the golf expert i didn't have in the budget that he would like rot be riding for this thing and straight up spewing propaganda about sold out crowds like they literally gave away tickets like Big Randy 25 was probably an active code. Any player code 25 and you got a free ticket and they're talking about it being sold out and none of that energy was passing through the broadcast at all. And like, it it just goes to show like how hard they're going to work to try to make this seem like it is real golf. And it's just, it's just not like I, I watched so much of it today, guys. I think I can remember three shots. DJ hit a three wood off one. Phil hit a driver off one and Kevin Na hit like an iron to like 20 feet. And those are like the three shots I think I remember from the whole day. Like the golf straight up doesn't matter. That was kind of where I was going to get. Like there's no context. The golf doesn't mean anything. So, you know, it's like watching a, it's like watching a corn fairy exhibition with a couple of guys that are, that are coming down from the PGA tour. They did a whole lot of like quad screen and like split box stuff. I didn't watch it for that long. I watched the, the intros. I watched some of the first tee interviews which were super awkward like the that that interviewer was terrible just straight up very leading questions and and you know like even Mickelson was was relatively confused I think by it and then yeah and then it just kind of starts off and like everybody just it was like it was truly like a shotgun start like everybody just it's like ready set go and the action starts and you're kind of just dropped into it and you know, to a certain extent, like I'm, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic on the, the shotgun start thing. If you got a good producer and it's like a red zone channel kind of thing, I think it, I think it might have legs as a change of pace for, you know, your, your week to week PGA tour or golf tournament. But the fact that like, let's say we get to Saturday and there's a good finish in this thing and somebody comes from one or two groups back and to win and is finishing on one or two instead of 18 like what the fuck like (laughs) how does that work right but just like it just all of a sudden it just starts and all the teams are warming up on the like it i don't know it was just a weird the whole thing was weird and it was like wait like this this actually seems relatively competently produced but then i i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of reminding myself of like all right where are they why are they doing this like how does this factor in and like none of it matters so that's kind of where i i'm back to like all right then like what's the point right that, that's kind of where i was too and I, i'm again i'm going to say this 75 times over the next five years over the next five weeks over the next five days uh like i i am holding out full judgment until like to see what happens because like if this is where the future of pro golf goes if they get 18 of the top 20 all of a sudden and like this is what top tier professional golf is, then like we got to kind of recalibrate like what it is we do and how people watch golf and what anything means. So like having said that, it's not that yet. And I can't express to you, TC, I watched a lot of the same parts that you did. Uh, Like 
at first I, I couldn't look away because I was like, this is dystopian and like, I can't believe I'm watching this. And what is this? Once you turn it off, I can't tell you how easy it was to turn it off. If exactly. that, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? And, and that's speaking to your point, like there is no context and like nothing means anything. And I, and I, I think the smartest among the smartest takes on this whole topic, I think that I've heard is was from Porath on the shotgun start a couple of weeks ago, months ago, whatever it was talking about like basically likening it to NBA free agency, right? Where like everybody loves, Oh my God, did you see so-and-so tweeted that emoji? What does that mean? Who's going where, who's going to be the super team? Oh, can they play together? Bomb bomb coming in. And then all of a sudden, like the regular season games start and people like, Oh, well, yeah, I don't, I'll see you guys at the playoffs. Like, I don't actually, I don't actually care. I just, you know, it's fun to watch, watch all the drama. And that's exactly how I have felt about this. It's just like, oh, did you see how fucking stupid the logos are? Oh, my God. Did you see, like, what Phil Ward of the draft party? Oh, and, and that stuff is, like, merit. Like, that that is that has merit from a entertainment product standpoint. But, dude, that can't be the whole thing. It can't be all whipped cream. Like, you, gotta be you, some can't really, you can't really survive on that. And that's where, like, Tron and I were just talking about it, you know, like, coming up the stairs uh, in the hotel here is, like, like what happens in week five or what happens when the, when the trickle of players stops and these guys are in like Jetta or, yeah. you know, Thailand. Or Thailand or, <laughs> yeah. I'll go, I'll go back to my caveat that like what, what was going through my head today was like, damn man, if this was 48 guy, like if this was numbers one through 48 in the world and these were established teams that like, which I know is unfair because this is day one. But if these were established teams that were picked and I had a team that was like, holy shit, it's JT and Dustin Johnson and Max. And, oh, my God, they just signed like, you know, Tron, they just signed Nikolai Hoygaard. And like he's supposed to be a killer. I can't wait to see what he does today. How's he going to fit with the squad? Like sign me up for that, man. Like there's a lot to like from the team golf aspect from all of that, like especially when you build out like a meaningful infrastructure. But, yeah, today when it's like, yo, I literally – all I fucking do is watch and follow and talk about golf. And I don't know who half of these guys are like, how are you, man? Like, no, thanks. Un- unsubscribe. Please take this away as fast as you can. It is very much worth noting that exactly what is making this league work right now, the piles and piles and piles and piles and piles of money from the Saudi Arabian government is also what's going to hold it back from being what you just described from being the solution. Like unless the Roms and Speeths and JTs and Rory's are totally full of shit. Like you're never going to get those guys with these guys running it and these guys funding it. Right. So at best we're going to get a fractured golf world. That's where like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good from this. Let's completely ignore the source of the money and like who's playing in it. Cause there's not really any exciting players playing in it. You talking about the shotgun start. Look, is that my favorite thing ever? No, but like it, it worked pretty good. It was, it was exciting at the very beginning and what it did it gave the start of the golf the exact time when it starts and the exact time when it ends, which, like, as somebody that covers golf, I struggle with, like, a U.S. Open Saturday. Do I need to be watching at 9.30 a.m. to see how the 13th green reacts, or can I pick it up when the leaders, like, tee off? And it it was a defined, made-for-TV product that was kind of like, of course, like, 
Of course it's a great idea. They stole it from the fucking PGL. Like, all of the things that were working really, really well for me, I'm like, oh, my God, that's a PGL idea. That's a PGL idea. That Now, what's really – like, team golf can be really exciting. What's not exciting, what's not good about this is the team's changing every week somehow. Like, what the hell is – like, what, where's the affinity for that? Neil said it great on the Business Breakdowns podcast he was on. It's like they're building the plane while flying it. Is uh, it was like a great analogy for how this is going. I will say, like I think for day one, the flight got from point A to point B without anybody dying on it, um, as w- that that we know of. And uh, which TC? That's the that's the United business plan. Shut up! No, that's all. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's at not. least it got there. Whereas you know, no. So so solid. Going back to the positives today. What else was positive? Honestly, uh, if I'm going to say a positive for them. Because uh, I don't think it's a positive for golf fans. I don't think it was fun to like. Twenty minutes in, I'm like, okay, I don't, like, I got it. I don't feel like I'm going to miss anything by watching it. Like I kind of, I literally, I, I tuned, I, I threw on PGA Tour Live or ESPN Plus or whatever to watch the Canadian Open to feel something. <laughs> like, do you know how, like, that's dystopian in and of itself. <laughs> but I, I think it, a takeaway I had was, if I was a player and I didn't care where the money comes from and you have to understand there's a lot of a lot of players the guy i wrote like i got, I wrote an uber today with a guy that i had to like explain like this is like this is where the money's coming from this is like the, the moral issue here he's like oh yeah well i didn't really thought of that it was like if i was a player that didn't care about that i would have had a little fomo it like would have kind of looked fun like all these guys are getting this much cash and like they only got to play three days and there's like this. There is kind of a weird energy about it. It's not necessarily coming from the fans, but it's kind of like a man. I I, I might have missed the boat on this. I kind of want to do this. Like I feel like today was actually a weirdly good commercial for anyone sitting on the fence about it and has watched the dudes that went over early, taken all the hard questions. You know, got punched in the face. It's going to be more normal the second time around. Maybe not with U.S. media, more U.S. media on site. You know, with it being in Portland, but. I felt like they kind of broke a barrier down today in terms of the, the soulless people that are willing to take this money are probably feeling a little bit of FOMO with it. I think a good uh, a good thing for people to have in their back pocket whenever they get into that conversation, I was talking to somebody who's kind of in the game and, and you know represents a player, and they were kind of explaining the player wasn't interested and whatever. And whenever you get into one of those, like, oh, fuck, dude, it's a lot of money. You're not going to take that's a lot of money. They were kind of pushing back. I'm like, well, like, are you going to watch it? They're like, well, I mean, like, no. It's like, well, yeah. Like, don't you think that's a problem? Like, long term? Like, maybe isn't that worth like, isn't that worth something in this conversation of just? Like, I would even split. Like, dude, I mean, split split Saudi Arabia out of it. Just put in like Belgium or Canada or something like, and the government of Canada invests this much money into you know the government can you know i i I know people hate trudeau and all that like but like (laughs) let's get real political yeah no just but just say like hey like you know or like the state of vermont is you know what they're gonna they're gonna fund the hell out of bernie sanders anastasia and bernie sanders their entire state budget is going towards this golf series right and it's like like why or like 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 why should why should vermont have this much sway over golf like that's strip out all the political stuff and however you feel about saudi arabia and it's like why should anybody have that much sway or that much control right well i think the counter to that that many people would say is like well why should the pga tour right and and i I think there's but but i mean the pga tour like it or like like it or hate it it's the players 
the, yeah. like the PGA Tour literally is the players, right? For better or worse. It, it's funny to hear comments like, uh, oh, yeah, real cool, you're rooting for the Monopoly here. It's like, no, like, let's just like, can we back up? And I, I know this is going to be apples to apples, and there's a, there's a million board law- lawyers that will poke holes in this. But like, imagine if the conversation was like, yes, yeah, like Steph Curry is going to like leave the, you know, the NBA and go like play in a league like over in South, like a Saudi Arabian basketball league. Oh, James Harden might be going too. Like Russell Westbrook, he's kind of past his prime. He's going too. And like, imagine if that's the world. Like, in what world is that going to be better for the golf fan, right? And I've, we've said this before. Like, maybe, maybe this fractures things and breaks things down so badly that from the Phoenix rises the PGA Tour in a new format. I also, we're going to get into some of the PGA Tour stuff, but certainly feels like they missed the boat on that. I do not think that this is going to fracture to the point of, Oh, they're going to restructure and totally steal the show. Now they missed the boat on that. And like, now these guys are running. They have so much money. We've talked about it so much, but it's gotten to the point where a hundred million dollars is a footnote in the conversation. And it's, it's like, it's a total, like no one was shocked when the Bryson numbers come out. I've heard Reed's contract is between 80 and a hundred million dollars. That is, if it's a hundred, uh, if it's a hundred, that's more uh, than Phil has made in his career on the PGA Tour, and that's a footnote in the conversation. That is the plan for how much cash they're going to drown this thing in, and that's that's where I'm just like, dude, how is this not going to suck ass? I think what's what's even trickier is just, I mean, these are all like unconfirmed rumors, but some of the like terms of the of the deals, like the length of the deals, is almost what shook me up. Like we're talking like like five year deals. Right. And that's where it's like, yo, these are not going to be like they're, they're not going to get through six months and be like, oh, man, like not enough people are watching on YouTube. No. We better shut this thing down. It's like, no, this is like a, a very lengthy play. And they've been in golf since what, 2018? Was that the first Saudi International or 2019? Wh- whatever that one was like they're four years into yeah, this. 18 at least. Yeah they're, think, yeah, they're four years into this. Like this is they're for the people saying like, oh, they're going to get bored in five years and, and stop. Like, no, no, we're like. We're, they're going like they're humming along. And you know what it took? It took the stooges. And I'm going to steal those, that word from Eamon Lynch, the stooges that went and played in all those Saudi internationals to tell them like, Oh, we can buy these guys off. Like we can totally do this. Let's go bigger. Let's go way bigger. Was, this, this is so, so much easier than we thought. Right. Like, look at all these guys every year. It keeps getting better. And let's, let's go bigger. P go into the elementary school. Tell, you know, finally has some friends, right? My thought there is like how, you know, taking the long-term view as well. Like, it sounds like there's another wave of guys, you know, it sounds like the South American guys are all looking at it now. Uh, It sounds, you know, Pat Perez, Bubba, I mean, Bubba had knee surgery, but I know he's, he was in, for those that don't know, he was in the teaser for today. Like he and Wolf were in the teaser for today, which we know Wolf is gone. Pat Perez, multiple sources reporting his wife even commented on Instagram. Like, we'll see you soon, DJ. Like, he was going around talking about how he would never do it and how much they'd have to pay him. I listened back to his interview on Golf Subpar. He's like, they need to be able to fund all my Champions Tour years too. So imagine how much money he just got. Like, he's going to, yeah. after two, three months ago saying he wouldn't do it, they met whatever that demand is. He's gone. What, what worries me a little bit too, Sean, I might have been talking to you on the phone about this yesterday, but it's like that, that famous quote of like, how did you go broke? Like, really slowly and then all at once, right? Like, this has been going on for whatever, six, seven, eight years with like going back to like when the PGL conversations first started really in earnest. And what I worry about over the next like couple weeks is almost the snowball of 
like sorry i'm with you the money's not going to dry up on a macro sense but the like the massive upfront money is going to dry up right especially the more critical mass the more critical mass that they get the more like top players they pull the more guys are going to like the more that ang- like anxiety comes in about feeling like you're going to miss the boat right to where it almost feels like you're going to have like the rats running from the sinking ship in that like 50 to 100 in the world kind of kind of tier right and that's where i think you get the like pat perez's and and some of those people that are like oh shit if i'm gonna get like a big ass check i gotta go i gotta go now and i think whoever said it uh whichever one of you two said it on the podcast the other day like like look at how deep the fucking canada field had to go and i know some of that's like vaccine stuff and there's another that's topic. The topic we, that's the topic we should get into next. It's kind of about both, right? Where it's like, yes, of course, they can't lose JT, Spieth, Rom, Rory, all those guys. But they also can't lose, like, the guys that those guys are supposed to beat either, right? Like, it can't be Rory, JT, Spieth, Rom playing against the plumbers and firemen either. Like, that, that doesn't work either. So, like, you lose too many of those guys in that, like, 50 to 100 range. And fuck, man, like, that's where it's like... Yeah, cool. I know it's been going on for six years, but now we just lost everybody in, you know, a couple of weeks. And like, that's where I feel like the wildfire gets out of control. The Bryson one is the only one that worries me from an entertainment standpoint to this point, right? It, uh, I, from like a, who do you enjoy watching? Yeah. Player? Of like, like, fuck. Totally. Yeah, yeah. You need some villains though, right? Like, yeah. you, like, I mean, the tour, like you've, you've lost Reed, Bryson, Phil, Sergio, well, the, P- the PJ Tour should should file antitrust uh, from a villain perspective on on Live and like we we can't compete with this. You guys have like harvested all the villains. It's not yeah, you've fair, got you've got Wolf's bad answer. attitude going over there. You've got Bubba's you know Bubba ness. You've got like it's you know th- th- I I think part of it too is is playing this out a little bit like and we'll talk about the the tour and the world golf rankings and all that, but. On some level, like if, you know, if the top guys that have, it's seven of the last 13 Masters winners are playing right now on the Live Tour. Right, right? now and or so, out of future commits as well? You're no, saying. that's, or, in, that's sorry, including, like, including in, sorry, including Bubba. But I mean, shit, Bubba, Phil, Reed, Garcia, DJ, Dustin. Charles, you know, I mean, that's six right there. I'm probably forgetting one, but like that's, and then Bubba's won twice, right? So that's seven like the way it's going to work too is like even if the majors say you know what we're not going to they jerry rig it so that the the OWGR points don't add up to you know you can't get into the majors or whatever but some of these guys still have exemptions or whatever masters probably has more latitude on who they can and can and or can and can't invite so i we're moving through that very quickly and i know if you've been following this very closely it's probably obvious but unpack that a little bit in case people are like coming to this late like what why is that important and what is like what's at stake here that just seems like the only thing that matters right like these guys don't give a shit if they can play in regular pga tour events because aside from the from the the upfront money that they're getting they're also playing for four million dollars first prize a week like like andy ogletree is going to finish dead last this week and make one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. and granted he's pissed away the rest of his career doing this but what i'm getting at is like the so they're they're yes they're playing for all this money but they're not playing for owgr points at least not this year and the reason that matters is for all like all these majors is like the difference between the us open is 
you know, if you qualify for the U.S. Open, it's really hard for them to keep you out. If you qualify for the Open Championship, it's really hard for them to keep you out. The Masters is a true invitational, and they can send invites to whoever they want. So they're kind of the only ones, and the PGA is kind of a, a hybrid, kind of stuck in the middle. But like they, they're kind of the only ones that can pull, like, hey, we, you're out, and we don't really care if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, but so so back to what I was saying, like 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 the money's one thing. Like these guys care about the money; they're playing for money, right? But the majors are the only thing that matters competitively. Like you were saying, the the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, British Open, they've got a little bit more objective metrics. I think the, P, the you know the Masters changes year to year and all that. And I think at some point, like guys like DJ are still going to get in. I mean, they're they've got you know unless they just outright ban them, and then I I assume there's lawsuits coming from all over the place. Uh, I assume there's all sorts of challenges to world golf rankings where these are 54 hole events. There's been exceptions with 54 hole events before the hero world challenge, other tournaments like that. You know, we'll see if they, like, I doubt they'll, you know, they've already tried to diminish the Asian tour in that regard, but basically there's not going to be any connectivity if these guys aren't able to get into the majors. And so then there's even less context, right? The, the, like these guys are totally off on an Island, not connected to, to the rest of golf. Now, I guess the, the risk that the majors run is, are they, are they diminishing themselves? Right? Like if the masters bans more than half of the winners of the last 13 years, is that, you know, is that a good thing for the masters? You could argue yes for the future, but you know, it's like at some point that's an already limited field. I think the thing there is like, then it's like, all right, is the PGA tour waiting this out to where that they can basically control who the best ranked golfers are going to be. And it's a self-selecting field for the majors. And then you basically replenish and, you know, you've, you've, you've weeded out these guys that are, that are in the twilight of their careers and are just cashing a big check and all that, where like, that's, that's the big question now is like, is Greg Norman, does he have the horses in the back with the Joaquin Neiman's and the Victor Hovland's and, you know, all those and the Tony Finals of like guys that are both, you know, have a decent track record already, but have a lot, you know, a lot of their career ahead of them. And that's where, that's where to me, it gets super interesting to where like, you know, this thing can either die on the vine and, and kind of wither away over the next two or three years, but they're spending this kind of money on a, on a guy like a Phil or a Bryson, I can't imagine how much they're going to spend on a Hovland or a, a Morikawa or even a Wolf. I mean, I know he's got a shitty attitude and he's not in a great place, but like even then, you know. It's also worth noting that, all right, let's say they would have got Tiger, right? Does that really change anything for what their goal of this whole thing was, is sports washing, whatever it is? Like it's not like viewership numbers, right? And they were willing to spend how much money on Tiger? Hundred high high nine figures, right? Which he did not accept. So that gives you an idea of what this budget looks like, right? Yeah. Like it 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 is. Again, I can't. It's it's. I feel like we've spent a lot of time talking about money, money, money. Where to the point where, like, count count to a hundred. How long would that take if I sat here and counted to a hundred? Like that's a million every second that that you know that's going to Patrick fucking Reed. Like it's insanity, and I I. I I really, I really struggle to just, I, I, I'm struggling with like some of the reaction to it of like competition is good for golf. How do you not know that competition is great for every business? Like wake the fuck up people. Like in what were, in what way is this competition 
going to be good for well it's a yeah it's an irrational actor yes right it's somebody that doesn't like golf's not at the at the thing and like i said some stuff on twitter yesterday about um or on on wednesday so this will come out on what friday i said some stuff on wednesday and i was just like hey like if the tour cared more about their product like this wouldn't be as easy of a decision for some of these guys or it wouldn't even be a decision for the second and third wave guys i think the first wave guys were going one way or another right? Like they were like, they're, they're going to take the money, but the guys that are on the fence right now, like invest in the product a little bit more. And, and I know like, you know, you're, you're dealing with these budgets and everything like that, but the product comes back too to like being able to discern and explore and be curious about other ways that it could look right. Whether it's the, the team stuff that also creates equity and revenue for said players uh, you know, like have, like being willing to have the conversation with the PGL or talking to Rain Group, who initially was with PGL or Silver Lake Capital, who Mickelson brought to the table, or like or, or any number of equity or capital partners that they could have done. Like, you know what beats money? Like money. Figure that out and be a little bit more creative in that regard, even if it requires having some tough conversations and some tough discussions about what your business model or what your structure looks like. And that's what Joel Beal wrote a great article for for Golf Digest, just talking about like he spelled it out, dude. It's like they the tour paid twelve and a half million dollars for a few of their pip guys to go get four hundred million dollars from from the, like look look at the the comparison between those two numbers. Like they were so unbelievably outgunned when it came to the funding that like what you're talking about, TC. Like the fact that it is even more glaring that they're they're the the tour is. I, I'll say it, the tour's fucked, right, as we're sitting here right now. Like, I think things are going to get a lot worse for them before it gets better. And I, so do I feel any sympathy for that when they had, like, so much of what the good part of today was was laying at their doorstep in terms of, look, maybe maybe if they would have looked into the PGL and, and ultimately, you know, given it a real earnest look and ultimately decided that was not best because blah, 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 I could live with that a little better than like not picking up the phone, not engaging with them after they tried for how many years to, to like explain to them there is an outside one, there's an outside threat. And two, like golf needs, this needs to change. There needs to be a change here. There absolutely needs to be a change. And like this league is evidence of that. It is evidence of like, I'm hesitant to go too far down that. Cause we, again, we're talking about an irrational uh, actor on this, but the, the, so much of what was good about today, the 48 people, if that was, was if that was forty eight of the best players, it would be extremely entertaining, and that opportunity was brought to you to go take to the players to say, "Hey, do you guys want to do this?" And it's probably going to be worth a lot more money. And it never even got that far, and now look at where they find themselves. Like I don't feel bad. I mean, think, I mean, think about like how excited some of the Georgia guys would be to like, you know, have their own team out there, right? Like Brian Harmon. Kevin Kisner, like, like if there were real teams and real camaraderie and real rivalries and stuff like that, like I said something about the teams today and people were like, Oh, like the team stuff's bullshit. Like, actually, I think there's legs with the team stuff. And that's another way to like unlock a bunch of money for the players. Cause that's seemingly what's important here to the players. Right. And, and, and that's, that's just where I get to as well. It's like, all right, like explore all of those options there and, and, you know, grow the pie on that front. I just don't know what the tour does next. Hurry up and wait. And it seems like that's been their their mentality throughout all this. Like we haven't talked about the letter that Jay sent to members yet today. We haven't talked about just like it just seems like they're sitting on their hands. They're gonna they're gonna ban guys. You know, it's possible that the majors 
bands, like the masters bands guys. Um, but at some point, like if, you know, again, like if, if Norman creates so much critical mass, then it's like, all right, the tour's just basically waiting for the Saudis or Norman to get bored with this and hoping that it, that it kind of withers away. And that doesn't seem like a viable strategy. And uh- I'm I'm not I'm not disagreeing with any anything that you guys have said. I I totally agree. I just I guess have a, a tiny shred of I don't know if empathy is the right word or, or more just like understanding of why it went the way that it went. When you think about all the different interests that they represent, they represent yeah. Rory McIlroy is the same as Brian Stewart. You know, I know we always say that Peter Malnati. Oh, sorry. Peter Milani is, is the bullet sponge for your uh, examples. <laughs> and also when you just think about as far back as like two years ago or whatever, when they signed a new TV deal, right? And none of the live stuff has gotten off the ground. Nobody has signed. Yada, yada, yada. It's, it, it, I don't envy, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I don't envy the task of them basically going in and saying like, yes, we just signed a new TV deal. Yes, purses have gone up fucking 9,000% over the last 10 years. Yes, they're going to keep going up even more and more and more. Yes, the the threat doesn't really have its shit together at all, but we're going to blow everything up and we're going to like, you know, we're going to start over just in case this one thing happens. I agree like, with I'm, that. I'm not saying you're wrong. No, I agree I'm not with saying that. you're wrong, but I, I get why it didn't But happen. you got to pick, if they would have ultimately decided that, I agree with that 100%. You got to pick up the phone. You got to pick up the phone. You had to at least get to the doorstep of like get intimately involved in that conversation of how it could change. And if you decide against that, if the players decide against that or present that information, decide against it, I can totally live with that. Then, then like the tour was destined to break up in some way. Like I, I, I'm a million percent with you on that, DJ. I don't think it's as simple as like, hey, fix the TV product, less commercials, and we wouldn't be here. Like it, it's just it's. It's not that simple just to like. No, yeah. well, and it's tough too to you know to say, hey, things are going great. We just signed the biggest TV, you know media rights deal we've ever done. Oh shit, the barbarians are at the gate. Just trust us on this. Like, it, I know it doesn't work like that, but at the end of the day, like it's you know that's part of being a leader, right? Is knowing your threat, like doing a SWOT analysis and knowing your threats, right? And and I think, you know, either they vastly underestimated what the threat was. Or they don't have the tools to the tools or the ammo to to fight the threat. And I think that's the thing that that concerns me the most about where the tour is, right? And it's like, you know, I get to the point where I'm like, like, man, Jake Jay Monahan seems like a really, really nice guy, but like, man, like, all right, like is is Seth Waugh a better guy to be in this position? He's been in the MA and and banking world and all that, or just like somebody that's a little bit more cutthroat or a little bit more creative thinking, like that's where I get is like, man, like you gotta be, you gotta be thinking three or four or five steps ahead. And it seems like, and, and on top of that, like, I know Jay's been working behind the scenes and and communicating with players and all that, but man, like there's not a, there's not any visible presence or visible leadership out there in front. And I know, you know, I'm sure the tour mentality on that is to not dignify, you know, the opponent with a response or not not kind of pump them up by by acting like it's a bigger deal than it is but you know what at this point like your fucking house is on fire Randy, and you're like and you're like, and you're, and you're like day. you're like telling you're telling the firemen to go in the back door so the neighbors don't notice right randy now. randy said that the other day of just i know it's different i know the leagues are different i know all of those things but to your point earlier Sally, like imagine 
Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook and Kevin, or, uh, you know, Kevin Durant and James Harden all, all go to play for the Saudi Arabia Basketball League. And you, and you don't hear from Adam Silver. And, like, he's just sending his players out to, like, answer questions about it instead at, you know, a random, a random Toronto basketball game. Like, that's insane to think about. And and I do want to go back to one thing you guys said, or Saul, I think you said it about Tiger. And, you know, would him have it, like having him accomplish more of what they're trying to accomplish. I think Tiger deserves, I mean, depending on your stance of, you know, all of these things, I think it's very clear that we're very anti-live. Uh, I think it's very bad for everything in the game of golf. And so I'm going to say Tiger deserves a ton of credit for turning that down because he could have, he could have walked away with $700 million, $900 million, whatever it was, go out, ride in a golf cart, play these like televised pro-ams, televised like member guests for, you know, a quarter, three quarters of a billion dollars. And I I think if he would have said yes, I I think they'd have 40 of the top 48, like for the first event. And, And I think the reason that JT is not playing and the reason that Rory's not playing, the reason that, all these guys are not there is like, I think Tiger's endorsement has so much to do with that. And and I think it's almost like the opposite of what we saw with Phil, right? I think Phil going galvanized so many of these guys against this idea. And, and it's just, it's crazy, man. I mean, what, what if, I mean, what would be, uh, I don't know. I, I, Tiger is, Tiger's interesting. I I could see if I was Jay, honestly, I, I think I would be, trying to beg tiger to like play the PJ tour events that are opposite live events at this point, right? Like, Hey tiger, man, like I know that it's tough. We need you at the John Deere classic. That, <laughs> like, I don't, and, and I'm half joking about that, but I'm like half serious as well. And like, what the fuck other tools do they have in their tool? That's box? what I was going to say is it feels like legitimately uh, Jay, like going to tiger, like pretty much begging just to be like, can you, can we get you on the offensive about this? Like, can we get you making headlines about this? Can Is the best way to prevent more players going for Tiger to come out and say, like, look at who, look at who you're taking money from. Openly shit Look on at them. who you're taking yes. money from. This is what, this is yeah. what, the, like, the people that paved the way before you, like, not even myself, like, the Nicholases, and, like, lean on all that to be like, this is what, you know, the tour has made for you, and – you know, this is what the other th- guys are trying to do. They're using you as pawns. Like, if Tiger comes out and says that, like, does that maybe stop the full-on wave of guys going? Maybe. I really don't know. But that seems like one of the few plays they have. So, uh, I, a, a, I wouldn't use Nicholas in that example because he's probably – It might work right, again, di- for those tour players, digital, though. Digital Jack. Digital Jack. Um, no, but I, I think, you know, even just, just get Tiger to shit on him for competitive purposes, right? Of like sure. – you know, hey, like, what are you guys like? Who are you guys competing against? Do you guys have any pride? You're right, and because like that was the thing where, you know, like G Max getting out of the courtesy car today, or Phil's getting out of the courtesy car, and they're telling him, "Oh my God, are you excited to go play?" Yeah, you know what? Like, let's go do this. Let's go do this. And it's like you're showing up for a fucking pro am, right? Like you're like like have some self respect, you know, and 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 yeah, like you're making however much money 10 15 20 million dollars to do that but like what happens when that like dj to your point earlier like what happens when you're in that second wave of guys or third wave of guys and you're not getting the upfront money you're just playing for those purses and i still i like i know they're still big purses but 
you know what, like, you know, assuming the tour media deal doesn't, doesn't disintegrate tour purses are going up astronomically as well. Like that's, you know, it's going to be something to where like those guys are going to have a choice between two pretty good options on that front, but one's going to be a hell of a lot more serious. I, I would argue with saying tour purses are going up astronomically just because that, that assumes that it's, that's comparable to like what is going Relatively on over speaking. there. Yeah. Right. It's just like, yeah. again, it like, yes, when you look at what tour purses were and where they're going, it's like, holy shit, man, they're dumping a bunch of money into this until you realize the event that is happening right now is worth more than the players championship, which is the biggest one on that tour. Like it's, yeah. it's a, it's no. a, it's a, yeah, totally I'm not saying fair. this to you. I'm saying this to the audience of just yeah. like, dude, this is, this is just a, um, yeah, the scale is just absurd. But speaking of the players, just real quick, because I haven't heard his name at all. I'm fascinated to see what Cam Smith does because I feel like he's, he's played in the Saudi event before. I think he clearly like doesn't have any moral qualms. I think he's like a budding superstar. He's what number three, four in the world right now. I, I, I could see him being a very, I don't have any like info to this effect, but I could see him being a pretty, a pretty sizable domino to fall. He's team was too. team was seems to be deep in this thing. Team Wasp might have a pipeline. Good. They might have the uh, <laughs> the underground the underground oil pipeline across the ocean. I said this on Twitter today, and I'm totally stunned that this you know may have may have gotten misinterpreted at least a little bit. But I said my reaction after seeing 20 minutes of it was like, this is gonna work. Like this is gonna work. Like not yeah. again, not for what we want to see out of golf, but like is it gonna exist and like get better in terms of the players they get and be like exist long-term and be a big, big part of the cog of professional golf. Like I really definitely think so. And I don't think we underestimated that. I think we've been very consistent on this first field is going to be the worst one. It's going to get better. It's going to get stronger. They have deep, the deepest possible pockets and they're going to keep throwing money at it. And the, once those checks clear for those first round of guys, that second round of guys is going to be right there behind it. I underestimate a little bit how well they could put tournaments together and produce them just mostly because we hear so much about how hard these things are to do and they can't do this, can't do this. And like, they just show up and did it again. The no, although they, they don't have a leaderboard on their website, <laughs> which says so much that says which so much. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's that, like you, you can read a lot into that. You called it a right? member guest, yeah. but like, no, every member guest I played in has golf genius and I can go check the leaderboard <laughs> at night. Like I, I, I need to be like, if you I mean, literally they could have done fucking golf genius. You guys remember uh, when CBS said they were going to change the game and they set up that uh, confession mic? Oh, yeah. And that was like their innovation. That was sick. You guys want to get to the letter? I mean, the tour, as far as I know, at least for, since we've been covering golf, this is the first time I've ever seen the tour announce suspensions. They announced suspending 17 players um, almost immediately. I think they announced when, when guys, uh, sometimes they'll just air out like the PED guys. Or something. I forget who, who that was. Uh, like Doug Stallings. Stallings, yeah. Stallings. Stallings. People of that nature. Uh, but but this yeah, was different. I, I definitely. This is very different. This is very different. different in that you know it started pretty strong. You know this is an update to the Saudi Golf League. Uh, not calling it Live Golf Invitational Series. Using all caps with Saudi Golf League's event in London today. Uh, they used wait I, I missed that they used all caps Saudi no 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 like it just it's like capital, PGA Tour no 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 capital been, of, been very capital of e, like for initials SGL and a cap first letter okay. being capitalized but you know it kind of started strong and then 
it it kind of the first sentence ends and kind of sets the tone for the rest of it for my overall takeaway of like blah 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 we have followed the tournament regulations from start to finish in responding to those players who have decided to turn their backs on the PGA tour by willfully violating a regulation. And the more I kept reading it, it was kind of like this kind of reads like somebody's Facebook update, like pretty fresh off a <laughs> off a uh, a breakup that's like I'm I like you know, I'm the winner here, or, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm overstating exactly what's happened. It's just, it's so bitter. It's very like, uh, just kind of bitchy. And I'm like, dude, this is like your official communication of, uh, it's, just too, long. it's too long, too wordy. And it, it kind of like, it gave the presentation, I guess, of strength towards the beginning. And then by the back half, you're like, Oh dude, I don't think they got it. Like I, it's like, they don't have yeah, a play. It's like three paragraphs too long. And it's just like, Hey, like the people that left, suspend them like i you know i read it the first time and i was like all right fine whatever it's you know it sends a good message and then like the more i read it and how do you guys the more i'm like wait like that was like three paragraphs too long and it just really it just drug on and on and on and it got like unnecessarily emotional and the money 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 oh god uh, doing that's basically a big criticism of what these guys are saying to jay of like hey like that's what some of this is about and you're not you're kind of under delivery some of this that's what i said on the sunday pod was like listen as a golf fan we are uh, we are buying like we're okay with like we we're not naive to the fact that you're going to make a lot of money right okay like this is part of the deal i said that use the steph curry analogy of like i know steph curry makes an enormous amount of money but like part of the deal is like he he tries his ass off for that team right and like i got no problem with somebody making a ton of money in your communication, like this, this kind of stuff, this legacy, not leverage, and like overplaying the dr- dramatics behind the money, kind of works for fan presentation. Like you don't want to give off the impression that your players are greedy, but if you're communicating to your players, if I'm a player on the tour, I want to read, "Hey, I, this is how we're going to make you a shitload of money." Not like, "Oh, this is all about money for these guys leaving." If I'm reading that, I'm like, "Dude." That is your job is to get us money. Like, yes, this is about yeah. money in some capacity. Like, show me that you are prepared to at least give us a path to that. Otherwise, I'm like, shit, I might start looking at this option. I don't have a soul. Yeah, I feel like he's the wrong he's the wrong guy to be talking about, you know, complaining about everything being about money. Especially when they push that. When they've gone towards the money yes. theme. Like look look how much we're we're improving things. Yes. I, I think not not to be, you know, the constant uh like leave the PGA tour alone guy. But I think, how much I think are you getting paid was, by the tour? How much are you getting paid? Yeah. No, I might need to cash out my pension though. The way things <laughs> are going. I think this was for the fans more than the players. Like it's obvious this is going to get out and it's going to get posted everywhere and fans are going to read it. So I think this was written for the fans much more than like, I don't think any player is like sitting there today and being like, Oh, I wonder what Jay has to say about this because I think there was, you know, at a pack meeting big, last week, big yeah. player meeting last week at Memorial, where and that's what I was gonna say is we don't know what was like really said behind closed doors. So, so I mean, we knows? do, but yeah, <laughs> I, I agree though. Also, it came off as like very smarmy and and like I forget who uh, I think maybe Porter said this on like a group chat or something, but like yeah, just a weird choice to lean into like look how much less money and you're going to make over here. Look how much more you're going to play. Yeah, you're gonna work <laughs> harder is like, yeah, against more guys for less money. Yeah. Look at it. Look at how That's what it was. Look at how good these guys are over here. Like if you stay here, like I could guarantee you're going to make less money and you're going to have to beat way more good players. <laughs> it's like, ah, fuck. I, I see where you're coming from. I totally get the whole con, like the whole strategy of waiting until balls are in the air. 
I mean, that's fine. Like, you know, like I think you'd still be present and visible before that, but, you know, wait to make a statement on that until balls are in the air. But even then, like we're in the kind of time of the year where they're getting ready to, to announce the schedule for next year. Because when I talk about the product as well, it's not just about like the money. It's about, there's only eight fucking events, like guys with young families and guys that, that don't want to play 20, 25 events a year. Like it's been a big criticism of the tour from top players and from mid-level players, even over the last few years of like, Hey, like, I, like, I feel like if I take an off season for myself in the fall, or I want to take a couple weeks off in the spring, like I'm going to fall behind in the FedEx cup. And these are the incentives that you've laid out for me, you know, all these bonuses to make money. Like the schedule is part of the product. Right. And, you know, the way that the WGCs are structured and all that, like that's all that stuff is, you know, I mean, some of these guys like Adam Scott said it on our podcast, right? Like he wants to play more internationally. And the fact that the PGA tour hasn't set up opportunities to do that when it's clearly lucrative to do so, you know, as a, like from a product perspective, like they've, they've missed the boat on that, on the WGCs. The fact that the tour hasn't gone on the offensive and leaked some stuff as far as, what the schedule could look like next year and said, Hey, we're, you know what? We're scrapping the fall series. We're going to do the, these three or four, you know, event team series, guaranteed money, top players only that sort of thing. Like it, it just seems like at some point they have to, they have to offer something up other than just threatening their own players. And, and again, leave the PJ tour alone guy, but for, for anybody like tuning into this stuff that isn't a crazy, super psychopathic, hardcore golf fan, like, you know, all of us kind of are, and a lot of the people who listen to the show are like, just some reasons for like why that hasn't happened. Right. Is again, it goes back to the, the structure of the PJ tour and it goes back to having too many members that you have to keep happy. And it goes back to having executives basically bonused on playing opportunities. And the, the goal at the beginning of the year is create as many playing opportunities for as many players as possible. And perverse so, like, incentives. Yeah. And it goes back to, you know, you can't take three months off in the fall. Otherwise like this, as this like live golf would have, you know, that would have gotten off the ground five years ago. If there was, you know, just a big three, three month block of time where guys could go do whatever they wanted. Like, there's again, I don't disagree with anything. And at some point you got to rip the bandaid off. Otherwise, for instance, you know, a rival golf tour might come up and steal all of your players. But like, again, like I get why when everything's going seemingly perfectly, that stuff hasn't happened. It's just like this weird atrophy and all these barnacles and all these like things that just death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. It's all these things that have crept onto a, a very, you know, I don't even want to say bloated because it's not like that bloated. It's just a a legacy incumbent organization. Right. And it's just, it's really hard for them to do certain things. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't have done those things. But again, just to, to give a little bit of like, you're not going crazy. Like they clearly have thought of this stuff. There are reasons why it didn't happen, you know? Well, totally. But, but, but also like you, you have to create the initiative a little bit as well. We're like this week, we're talking about the Canadian open. John Houston's playing the fucking Canadian open. John Houston, like the guy, the guy's not even compete. Like, like he's not even making cuts on the champions tour this year. All right. They, and like, like there's no cuts. Well, exactly. 
Yankees. I thought there was a 36 hole cut on the champions. No. Uh, at the majors, uh, at the majors. Though. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's one of those things where like, you know, there's issues and they can't even work around the fringes on certain stuff. Right. And I think that's what kills me is like, at some point, like you're not gonna be able to solve big problems if you can't even solve the small ones. And there's like the lobster in a, you know, you can drop it into yeah. a pot of boiling water versus the water just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. But at some point it's like, you know, I know we're in agreement on this. Like, dude, the, the fucking model's broken, right? Like right. the governance structure is broken. And I think that was part of the PGL's whole thing was like, hey, the reason the top players are underpaid and and even Rory, like Rory said it a dozen times. Like he's unhappy with, you know, how much money he's making in relation to other players on tour because of how this shit's all set up, right? Like there's there's clearly a problem there. That's where it's like, Dean, you can't, it, it, I have a hard time being like, Dean Beeman, man, why, did, why didn't you see this Saudi third no, vision course. 2030 of coming, course. right? It, it's just like an inherited problem that they keep nipping and tucking. And it's, it's like the plastic surgery thing. It's like, you're just, you, you, once you're, once the Botox is bad, like you can't, you can't fix bad Botox, right? So no, totally. But, but see, at who some are you point, boys, the, uh, the French twins. Oh, the, the, the uh, Bogdanovs, I think. Yeah. Uh, they they died. No, they, yeah, yeah, they died. Unfortunately, um, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, that's where, I, that's where I'm at, though, is like we've had two years of like these guys, like they're clearly doing this, right? And then Jay flies the mission accomplished banner during the players this year and says, we're moving on, we're moving on, like mission accomplished. You know what? We don't care about those guys. Like you're either with us or against us. And a bunch of guys end up leaving and we're in this current scenario. Right. And it, and at some point it's like, you can, you can wish the problem away, but man, like, unless, unless the majors come and bail him out, it's only going to get worse. And on that note, like in the really dystopian future, the people who end up getting boned are Rory and JT and yeah. Keith and, and Rom, Rom yeah. and Brooks and all those guys. I got a question. So, Let's say either the OWGR phase out if the, if Liv doesn't get OWGR and they get these guys get phased out of the world rankings, don't qualify for majors anymore, or the majors ban them. Is the money big enough to the point that at least looking at the guys that are playing in it right now, are they okay with that? Are they fine with like I don't I don't I've decided I don't need the majors. Like why do I need the majors? Like I don't really play competitive golf anymore. Like I play the uh, you know the live laugh love tour over here and they pay me a shitload of money to do it like why do i need the u.s open like what do i need out of that like, i don't play for trophies anymore so why why yeah. need that i think they're gonna it, get even more coddled too like is that in like play? once they have to go play a real trophy or a real tournament with real rules officials and all that not you know not a pga tour event or a live event like one with you know go go have usga rules officials like yeah, no, that's a real concern. I think it would probably just be guy to guy. I think there's a there's a distinct amount of, you know, whether it's naivety or wishful thinking of, hey, you know what? In four years, this is going to look totally different and there will be a path back in to the ecosystem. It seems like that's some of the, you know, hey, I'm going to get the bag now and then figure it out later. Because I, you know, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get $50 million up front yeah. Yeah. again, right? Uh I, I don't know, man. I, obviously, I don't know the answer to the question, but I, I think it's a pretty fascinating, like, existential question, <laughs> a pretty fascinating discussion question, and I wish you could have 
11 or 12 beers with some of these guys and like actually get into like, Hey man, like, why do you play golf? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. And, and again, we've said this a thousand times, but if you talk to Lee Westwood, I, I think he would probably say like, well, honestly, man, like to make money. And I would, uh, this is wildly unfair, but like I would project that into a lot of like the major championship performances. Right. And I, <laughs> oh, I would, yeah. I'm serious. I'm serious in like, dude, you play the PJ tour a lot and you won one time, two times. I know, of course, TC, don't jump at me. I know we won a ton of European tour events, a lot of big, big dick events, events, things of that nature. But like, dude, look at the people in that field other than Dustin and, and Phil. Right. And there's a lot of guys that like have woefully underachieved candidly, you know? And, and I just look at Louie. Right. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I don't know, man. I, I think it's, I think it's, among the most fascinating questions you could possibly have around this whole thing is like, why do you play golf? Like Taylor Gooch, why do, why do you play golf, man? Are you there to make money? Are you there to try to win as many majors as you can? And I'm not high grounding anybody. Like I don't, I'm not telling them what their answer should be, right. but I think it's pretty fucking clear. Ian Poulter as a 46 year old guy, however old he is. And Justin Thomas have very different answers to that question. And I, and I think that's fascinating. And it doesn't have to be either or. Like, it's not like go back to being an amateur or make all the money in the world. It's like, right, hey, right, like yeah. you can make plenty of money and try to win golf tournaments. Like, it's not yeah. an either or there. I think, you know, their their response is probably, hey, why can't why can't we make it like that on this tour, right? But like th that tour is not like inherently not like that. You know? I'm just going back to Sally's question about the majors, right? Like yeah. if, if it gets to a point where you know, they can't, they can't play the majors. I think that's the question that essentially you're talking about. Yeah. And the fascinating and, and frustrating thing about all this is we're going to have like a long time to talk about all these things. Like these are the, the big picture things. I do want to get to a few things that happened today specifically, um, you know, to kind of wrap this up here. But one thing I will say uh, about all this too, and not, you know, we've, we've actually given them quite a lot of compliments for how this is done. I just want to also warn people. We haven't seen the catch yet. Okay. And when there's more money involved then are you know then rightfully should be there's a catch and I don't know what it is exactly yet but there is going to be a catch to this this is not going to be all joyous for all of these guys to be a part of this thing I'm, like year two you have to wear the team uniform exactly. and you know and in, in that you know like you've got to wear the colon that's the what's that <laughs> which team is that <laughs> uh, I think that's stingers the stingers I did yeah. not know uh TC uh, how did this is I, so I, I, fucking sore dumb. subject how, how did your boys crushers GC do today? Listen, they did fine. You line, I, I, I'm, I've tried. I, I can't find a team leaderboard anywhere. I don't like, remember you know, my they, favorite they've, team. They've, they've, they've done this whole team thing. Uh, line shot even par. Chase Kepka shot even par. I think he was on Mickelson's team, the uh, the high flyers. Let me, let me, let me stop you there. We don't care. <laughs> We're not going down the lead. You know what? How about no? Another how about thing that was crazy. Ogletree shot twelve over. Another thing that was ah, crazy that. is how bad they copied the PGL. So the PGL had this whole thing of like only a couple of the scores were going to count and like you were going to play blind, but the captain had chosen what scores were going to count. Did they? So they changed it to just uh, taking two the two best scores on the website is what it says, but they didn't delete out the part that explains depending on what scores count. Like they changed that part of oh, it, God. but didn't fill. They didn't. Uh, it's literally just copy and paste. It's wrong. I don't know if it's literally copy and pasted, but on their website, their description of the team play is not consistent. So, which like I mean, honestly, they, they, pretty like small amount of like little details like that that they got wrong. 
they they had they had Hudson Swafford on there. Swa- Swafford Hudson at one point. Riley Davis is going to fit great over there. Probably put- there's probably plenty of golf fans that would make that same mistake, to be honest. I, I'm just trying to think of any, any other big surprises. out of the Phil's press yeah, conference today, um, all under the watchful eye of Greg Norman, uh, who claimed he didn't see it or didn't know about it. Oh, God. Maybe the best tweet – shout out to Shipnock. Maybe the best tweet I've seen, like, in so long. The screenshot of the text yes. to Greg Norman. Did you see this? Yes. No. He, he, had a, oh, he, he texted Greg Norman like, hey, I have no idea why I was just escorted – out of your press conference, they said they were acting on your orders. What the hell is going on? Please call me. And Norman responded, said, oh, I, I hadn't heard about that. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. And then Shinbuck said, wow, that's funny. And he posted a photo of, of Shinbuck being escorted out as Greg Norman's literally standing what looks like 12 feet away from him, just like arms crossed, watching the whole thing go down. It's it's really good stuff. Really, really I will good. say Shinbuck wasn't credentialed, was he? He just went as a fan, right? I think uh, he, I he, think he was credentialed, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Phil started the round with a blacked out Masters logo, then changed vests. <laughs> <laughs> what a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, that was unbelievable. This league, man. This league. <laughs> uh, like, 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 I know the Masters loves stunting on the tour, and there's like a whole tour inferiority complex about – you know, around the players and the masters and all that, but like, and there's been like decades of that. Right. But like, I think at this point now, it seems like between big J and Hurley and Fincham and the Riddler and you know, all that, like there's, there's kind of a detente there and like, yo, like that's got to piss the masters off. Right. I, I imagine somebody yeah. that doesn't listen to this podcast very often be like, who the fuck are those guys you just mentioned? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You don't know like the, I should have, I, I should have called him tiny Tim. <laughs> Instead, instead of Fincham, but uh, no, but I mean, like that's got it. Like that, nothing grinds the gears of Augusta National more than somebody. Like no, they, they love, they love being injected into a conversation that they did not ask to be a yeah. part of. That's that's really big. You, you know what the really fun conversation is going to be when when Augusta bans these guys, uh, and then you know people are like, well, you know. Exxon Mobil's a big sponsor of, oh my God. of the We're Masters. We're not doing that, TC. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God. We're not doing it. I think that's that's kind of – I think that's all I have from today. I mean, it's a lot. What did you hear just... about the caddy stuff, Solly? So I haven't confirmed this yet, so I'm hesitant to say something, but heard okay. – and this may be only the top guys but uh, or the guys that have signed on for eight events. I don't know, but – uh, apparently the caddy's got some kind of bonus, something in the range of a hundred thousand dollars just for caddying this. Plus they get 10% of their players earnings paid by live, not 10% of what the player made paid by the player. Like on top of that, they get 10% from live, which would be over $20 million paid out to caddies for an eight event series. Um, I have heard that that is not reported as fact. I am sourcing that continually, but, uh, someone that has given me a lot of good information in the past, uh, had that to say, which is pretty remarkable. That would be, I mean, that would be a pretty heady play from from Norman. What if the caddies the- start leaving the PGA Tour players to go caddy over and <laughs> live? That's, yeah. that's interesting. I think it's like that's an incentive. Like, I know they paid the travel for all the, like the caddies okay. don't pay for anything, right? It's not like a normal week on the PGA Tour. So and I think that's for the whole field. That's not just the the big guns. People have said this in the past, but one of the, one of the most interesting things about this and and certainly it doesn't seem like it's going to go this way i'm sure everything will be hunky dory forever but if they ever pull the plug on this 
like what's your recourse against the the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia for not for like clawing back your money that you didn't get? Like who who are you going after? So like I, I hope I mean fingers crossed people get fucked pretty hard. I think that would be pretty <laughs> That's great. That's best case scenario of all this. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean like if 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 yeah, you go start... play you go play six events and like you just don't get the money that they, they told you you were gonna get. That'd be good stuff. What uh, I mean early returns. It seems like the uh, the Blandy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how did the trade work out? Tani Hara trade. Hey, Tani Hara finished DJ, even today. We're not. Blandy was plus three. This is how he lures you into into going down the leaderboard. We're not doing that here. We're not talking about the golf here. We're not doing it. Can I ask? I, I, I think if people don't realize, we're we're talking about the Tejeto Tanahara, uh, Richard Bland trade cynically, straight sarcastically. Up, straight trade. up trade. That's on them. That's on no them. no cash considerations. No no draft picks. No nothing. Live Live gave everyone twenty million dollars just just for the trade. Just just for being there. I mean, like, like even on the team side of things, wouldn't it have been better to just be like, all right, here's our captains. Each of these guys gets a bonus if their team wins. And like, I'd be following, like, I think team, I think Sergio's the fireballs. I'm not certain, but like, most, I don't know. Most fire, most fireballs. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know who else, which teams are which or whatever, but like inject a little bit of, of stuff in there. I'm also shocked that they haven't gotten women involved in this yet. Like, like I, that that seems like something that if they want to shut up, you know, basically just do like the what about us and thing. Well, yeah, like what about like we have women? We have we have a woman on each team, right? Like we have 12 women involved in this. They play from their own tees, they have their own competition. They basically, you know, loop the Saudi Aramco series into this. Uh, Listen, man, we're, woke, we're so early in this. The woke golf bros at no laying up would love that. Then they couldn't hate on it anymore because yeah, they exactly. love the LPGA. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I, wanna... I mean, fat like like kind of a tough setup. We're not right. Done. Only we're, we don't care. We... <laughs> <laughs> only ten guys under only ten guys under par out of forty eight. They might some stink. Of that could be, they stink. Could be or the they players stink. fucking stink. They're yeah. playing as plumbers and firemen. My man Don Keating. <laughs> they're all they're all dehydrated from the from the draft party, probably. Shout out to no Arlen legs. White for uh uh in the in the, so of course the one thing they did mess up was all of their pre-production was caught like if you go backwards on the live stream, you can go back and watch them getting set up for everything. Arlo White was like looking at the schedule of the screen. He's a soccer announcer for the, those that don't know. I think he's the announcer for the fire or something like that, or uh, I don't know. And uh, he's, oh, I can't wait to go to Chicago. There's a journalist there who wants to have me fired. Uh, that Proper was fire. that was the hottest thing I, I I heard on the uh, on the hot mics back there, which which was fantastic. So I look forward to that. But I I don't. We're gonna be at our event the next couple days. I don't foresee watching much more of it. I really don't feel like I need to. I honestly just need a break, a breather from it. We'll be back <laughs> yeah. Sunday for a, a podcast with a special guest, hopefully a couple of special guests. I think uh, for the Sunday night recap this week, and then. On a major championship, which is what I love about covering golf and uh, being a golf fan, which uh, none of this it fits into that category. So um, I want to go have a drink uh, at the I'm bar. So if you guys will let me out of I'm here. I'm exhausted. Let's, let's... I'm like, I'm so like, it, it's been a weird couple of days to where I'm very, like, it's been kind of weirdly rewarding just to, I don't know, cover something so weird and like, like it feels like it's going to have an impact on the future of golf good or bad or both um you know hopefully hopefully more good if like the tour can get their shit together but like it's just like i'm both ragged from 
like it just seemed like it was one thing after another and everything was so i mean i mean kvv kept tweeting stuff and it was like all right like like is this real or not and he's like like he would have to put in parentheses like this is not a joke yeah <laughs> you know and it's like i feel like we're i feel like it's been that all week and like i'm i'm tired of deciphering between that and i just want to go like tune out for a couple of days i thought it would feel way more rewarding to have uh you know, to get to be get to this point after having like screamed from the rooftops back in February, like this isn't over. Like they're taking the victory lap. This is not over. Hey, this is not over. Please listen. This is not over. Thought it would feel more. We're rewarding. talking about it. I thought no, it would in at this November point. or last <laughs> or you know last April or what? Like we've done so many different pods about this. And like, but I'm saying after the Shipnuck Phil stuff happened, people were like, Oh, oh yeah. it's over. It's done. It's gone. We we're like, Yeah, dude, I don't think it is. Like these people are insane. And here we are. It. Uh... There's so many national guys on this that have like basically said like oh like this is never gonna happen this is stupid like i'm just straight up not gonna cover it and like all right cool like you look like a fucking idiot now <laughs> all right let's shut it down before we get ourselves in trouble it's just... so you see we get we gotta set sail early 6 a.m tomorrow man <laughs> let's go down to the hotel bar deej the steamship leaves at 6 a.m sally we'll see your ass there at the open championship can't wait to play some golf tomorrow you guys get here safe uh, bon voyage and uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and all the support of the people that actually uh, are not mean to us so cheers crack on what about china sally what about china <laughs> Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.